There's very little better than waking up in the morning to a truly fantastic cup of coffee. And if you're like me, you're looking for something that tastes fresh and isn't weak or overproduced. That's why I've switched to Four Sigmatic and I won't go back. Four Sigmatic mixes their beans with mushrooms to give your brain that jumpstart you didn't know you needed. So go to the link in my show notes or on my podcast page and use the code CHOOSEYOURSTRUGGLE at checkout for 10% off. You can sign up for one of their awesome subscriptions or just try buying a bag. And with their 100% money back guarantee, there's no downside. So check them out today and don't forget the code CHOOSEYOURSTRUGGLE. I'm going to just go ahead and invite uh, Jay Schiffman up to share his story. So let's give it up for Jay. Welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I am your host, Jay Schiffman. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. We are chugging along, getting close to the end of the season, which is pretty fun. Before we get into this episode, which, by the way, is a very, uh, it's a fun one. This is definitely one of the more fun ones we've done in a while. The shout out and the interview are both by just wonderful, wonderful women, wonderful women who are doing very cool things uh, that I really appreciate. The shout out is from Kirsten Cable, who is wonderful. She's just a delight. The interview is with Christiana Kemick, who uh, we're <laughs> she is one of the multiple amazing people who works for Lion Rock Recovery on their podcast and a lot of their really amazing work that they do. Uh, you'll you'll hear that all why that's important in the interview. But for those of you who are, who who are hearing that name and going, oh, that sounds familiar, she and her coworker. Ashley Lowe Blassing Game do the Courage to Change podcast, which I was on. Christiana is this episode, and then in a couple weeks, Ashley uh, herself will be on, which is really wonderful. I recorded them the same day, but I spaced them out, obviously, so you'll hear Christiana mentioning that. So again, really fun episode today. Christiana is a is a uh, delightful person who who gets into her unique pathway towards working in substance misuse. And then Kristen Cable is just um, a, a really fun person that I was so lucky to meet at a podcast festival virtually earlier this summer. She hosts a podcast on language learning, and and I learned from her, which was wonderful. And then she was like, yeah, I would love to come on and chat. So here she is. All of that's wonderful. You're really going to love this episode. A couple things before we start that are just as great. As I've been promising now for months, I kept putting this off because I was working on getting the prize, but the winner of the first Choose Your Struggle giveaway is Mihel Pichardo. Mihel Pichardo of California. Mihel, you are the winner for filling out the survey. Uh, you have until the end of the season to contact me. You are going to win two bags of Fort Sigmatic coffee. So lucky me hell. You told me in the survey a lot of wonderful feedback. I appreciate it. But you you mentioned that you listen to every episode. So obviously, you're going to catch this. So, so reach out and you are the first winner. Now, that does not mean that there's not going to be another giveaway. I was trying to space these out a little bit more 
but I am going to do one more giveaway at the literally the end of the season, the last episode, uh, which will be me summing up the first season. There's two ways to enter, and every person can get up to two entries. The first way is to fill out the podcast survey. And, and if you've already entered, you are still eligible to win this. Everyone except for me, hell, you've, you've already won. So keep doing that. You can find that in the show notes of every episode. You can also find that on my podcast website, which is going to jshiffman.com, J-A-Y-S-H-I-F-M-A-N.com, and clicking on the link that says survey on the podcast page of my website. So that's number one. Thank you to everyone who has already done that. Again, you are still, you're good. You, you are, you're going to be in this, in this giveaway. The second way is to leave a review. And there's two ways to leave a review. Again, in the show notes, you can see a link that says review this podcast or leave a review or something like that. Or you go to one of three places, and that is Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser. If you don't listen in one of those, that's okay. If you have a, an account on one of those, go fill it out. That, it's, it, it, that's all you got to do. Even if you don't listen there, you can still fill out, you know, find my page, the, the Choose Your Struggle podcast, and leave a review. Ratings are awesome too. I want you to do both, obviously, but reviews are what I'm looking for here. And once you've done that, go to my website again, jshiffman.com, J-A-Y-S-H-I-F-M-A-N.com, and contact me through the Contact Me page and let me know that you've done a review. That's all you got to do. Lever, it can even be, eh, this guy's fine. Like, that's it. It doesn't have to be a good review, although obviously I would prefer if it was a good review. Leave a review and you'll be entered. Max of two <laughs> entries per person. So fill out the survey, leave one review and you're good. If you want to leave multiple reviews, I love you. Thank you. It's not going to be another entry into the giveaway. And here is what this person will win. Dun, 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 dun. Podcast merch is in. I'm announcing this when this podcast drops on Friday. I will be posting it on social media the following week. I wanted to give y'all, you know, a weekend heads up. They are tank tops. Uh, my wife and I have been wearing ours around. They're very comfortable. They say choose your struggle, and uh, there's a you'll see it. But but it's it's sort of a little play on the the struggle, and you'll you'll see that in the design. It's very it's very cool. Two designs, man's sort of the traditional uh, cut of a, of a tank top, and then the women's what they call the racer back, which my wife specifically requested and I got for her. Got a bunch of them, so <laughs> chances are you're going to be fine, but they're not, you know, endless. So definitely reach out if you want one. If you are a Patreon supporter, you get a discount depending on what level you are. If you're a supporter, you know, you'll see that in your description. But if you're not sure, reach out. It's cool. If you're not a supporter, you got to pay full price. That's that's how the Patreon works. So jump on Patreon. Every level, even you know the, the beginning three dollar level, has a discount on merch. So definitely check out that Patreon. Again, you can find that at Patreon.com/slash/ChooseYourStruggle or or on my podcast website or in the show notes, like everything else. So merch is in tank tops. Uh, I've already got people reaching out because you know Patreon got this news last week and they've jumped on it. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. I'm in helping people learn languages, any language, any person. I love, love it when adults learn languages. I speak four languages fluently and six languages very badly. 
I've got a lot of love for languages. I think it's, it makes me happy learning languages. I haven't a clue why languages. You don't go out one day and choose, you know, it's like if you're into cars, you don't choose to be into it. There's just something about one that kind of makes you interested. I really like words. I, I get excited by interesting words and I, I like finding out where words come from. When you're not an English speaker growing up, I think English in particular is a bit of a door, feels like a door to a different world. And I still feel that way. It's, it's a small story now, thinking back, but all of everything I do now, in fact, everything I do, this online entrepreneurial thing, I'm not one of those people who always wanted to start a business. I used to work in sort of your standard office environment, had a job where I traveled an awful lot, and I had to take time off because I let an awful lot of work stress build up, and it built and built and built probably over years with me putting more and more pressure on myself until I could not go into work anymore because I was crying every single day. And it's a story that I don't make a big deal out of it, but I do want to share when I get the opportunity because I think this is more common than we think to suddenly be hit with depression, but it can also be overcome. I think maybe I put too much of my heart into my job. If I was to do it again, I would separate myself from my work much much more because I put everything first and I've grown up in a family business and what I've learned about myself since those times is that work for me it's difficult for me to not make work part of my identity I was making work part of my identity either it's your workplace and there were certainly there were certainly major issues with management and restructures and it wasn't a great place to work I, I will say that much if you let you make that a big thing about you. I think for me, that was where it really, really, really kicked in. But I would have like crying fits and be just really deep moments of being incredibly sad and feeling desperate and helpless at work. When I later, like months later after my recovery, when I chatted to my friend who was my line manager at the time, she said, I never knew. I never, ever knew. I think this is also very common that it's not even intentional hiding. It's just you, you cope because you're, you're good at performing. I'm not born to be an employee, as in I will, I will just strain against it. I will always find some kind of way that other people aren't doing it as great as I would be doing it. I've always got the better ideas and whatever, you know, like I'm sure I do really. But you know what I mean? Like you have to learn to just let it go. And I struggle with that. So in a way, self-employment suits me. So rather than changing it all, I've just found ways to make my life more suitable maybe to how my personality is around work. But I do believe that it is critical. Number one, it's, it's absolutely critical for people to get a good amount of time off. And when I first heard of this concept of Americans, where it's like, oh yeah, I get a lot of unpaid time off. And I'm like, what do you mean you talk about this like it's a gift or something like you get to not get paid to not work like what okay never mind but so so it it must be that you've got a good work-life balance it's not actually productive to work to, to just add the hours it's a bit like in language learning where just because you've done three more hours doesn't actually mean your brain has done any other any more work your brain hasn't done the three hours of work that you think you just did so you, you, we need to have the time balance. And I think we need to have something else to focus on and something else that is kind of pressure free to focus on. We need to learn 
that we don't all need to perform all the time and that it's okay to be rejected sometimes, that it's okay to not have an award and it's okay to not be that impressive. I host a podcast for language lovers and language learners and people who might be interested in just hearing why languages are awesome. It's called The Fluent Show. I have interviewed researchers who research emoji and the psychology of language learners, but I've also interviewed the creator of the Klingon language. So there's lots, lots of interesting conversations there. Polyglots, people who speak 15 languages. We've got them all. We are at fluent.show. So it looks like we're going to be hanging out inside for at least a little while longer. And with the colder months coming up fast, there's never been a more perfect time to stock up on all your comfy clothes. Lucky for you, you listen to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, and I have a sweet deal for you today. Check out my sponsor, Pair of Thieves. They've got everything you need, from shorts to lounge pants to underwear and bras. They even have a line of Disney socks with all your favorite characters on it. But here's the best part. If you use the link in the show notes or on my podcast website and the discount code Rakuten Thieves, don't worry, that's in the show notes too, you'll get 20% off every full price item in your shopping cart. So stock up on all your comfy clothes today and help out the podcast in the process. Goodness, this is hard because I don't tell my story a whole lot. I tell it one on one, but I'm not like out speaking and stuff, you know. So um, I guess my background, I was born and raised, I kind of jumped all over the place, born and raised in California, moved to Chicago for a couple years when I was in middle school, moved to Atlanta when I was in high school felt like a total fish out of water. <laughs> it, I met lovely people and I, I still have friends I stay in touch with to this day. They're phenomenal people. I just didn't fit in with like the South kind of mentality at that time too. Women were very much like, not, I, I don't want to say oppressed. It's very like over-exaggerated, but like the women I knew were like becoming, they either wanted to be a nurse or a stay-at-home mom. And I was like the creative and like was just like trying to think, I was like, I don't want to do those things. I don't want to go into the medical field. I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. There is nothing wrong with that. I have some of my very best friends are stay-at-home moms and it's a phenomenal thing. I just was thinking like, I want to be a dancer. I, I, like, I kind of was thinking like LA and it was just not like a well-known thing at the time. So I ended up coming back out to California and um, becoming a dancer. And that was, that was actually, it was a long process, but it was a lot of fun. Um, my home, I was kind of raised in like a really dysfunctional family, but true to the South, everything's hidden and uh, lots and lots and lots of hidden abuse and um, uh, lots of stuff to heal from <laughs> um, and learned a lot of lessons came out of that. And um I, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of hard to summarize that, but I, I feel like my whole life's been like a summary of like finding things, unearthing it, and then being like, oh, that's not good behavior. Or like, I, I didn't realize I was attracted to that and, and moving it. You know, I, I, what actually happened was I came out of family dysfunction, went and lived with another family, fell into their dysfunction, and got really tangled and wrapped up in it, and then had to like take a step out and then be like, all right, let me, let me take a look at why I'm getting pulled into all that stuff and really take a step back, start doing my own internal work and therapy. Never struggled with alcohol, didn't drink till I was like 21. I mean, 
didn't care really. Um, just started a few years ago, like having like glasses of wine at night and stuff. So it, it, I couldn't relate on that end. But when people who have struggled with substance use disorders, when they talk about it, I always wondered, I was like, gosh, why do I feel like I can so relate? Like, I hear what you're saying. I can empathize to the best degree that I can, right? I haven't walked your path, but I can empathize with that pain. Like when they talk about the pain. So a lot in there, uh, a lot of amazing points. First, I, I do want to say that as a person who lives currently in the South, you know, there is this, this stereotype of the Southern nice, right, or Southern charm. What they don't tell you is that they maintain that by just not dealing with anything, by keeping Correct. everything below the surface. And so when I moved down there and I, you know, being this guy who is open about being in recovery and all that shit I got into, you know, mm -hmm. I've got so many of, oh, bless your hearts. And it's like, oh, you don't want to talk <laughs> about this, you know? Uh, so I definitely feel that. And yeah. I also love that you said that you, you can identify and that you can empathize with those of us in recovery. You know, you don't, you don't under, you don't know that, that feeling, but you can connect with the, with the trauma, you connect with the pain, you know, and that's such a fine line to walk because that's what we want, right? We want people mm -hmm. to empathize. We want people to say, you know, I haven't had that pain, but I can understand your pain, you know, as in pain itself. What we don't want is people to go, oh, I totally understand what you're going through. And it's like, well, no, you, you really don't. There's right. a very big difference there. It's a very fine line to walk. But once yeah. you cross that line, it goes from being exactly what we're looking for to a little offensive, you know, right. and I had I was meeting with someone this is probably a year ago, and we're having, uh, we're having barbecue, which was wonderful. And we're talking about, uh, you know, being I'm being in recovery, and she works in the industry. And I asked her what attracted her and she said, Oh, you know, I used to be a reporter. I was like, that's interesting. What me, you know, and she goes, my beat was the drug beat. And after a while, I was so responsive and so uh, interested in that community that I just felt like I, I knew what it was like to be hooked on heroin. And I was like, ooh, ooh. no, no, no you don't. You don't. <laughs> no, you really don't. And so like I, I, she was walking that line in such a beautiful way. And then she took a giant leap over it. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, so I applaud you for that in, in being able to say, I don't know what it feels like, but I empathize and I connect with struggle in itself because we mm -hmm. all have that. Right. And I think, I think some people don't know how to identify that trauma that's happened to them. So for me, I really started doing the nitty gritty work on myself in my thirties, you know, I'm 37 now. And I think it was, it's been this like slow awakening where you, you feel like you connect with someone and you, and, and I'm like an asker. So I want to figure out why I'm not just like, cool. That's how it 100%. is. I'm like, I want to know exactly why I connect what, and like what those reasonings are. And if the, if the answer is we connect on a more spiritual level, cool, then that's the answer. But I always want to dig deeper for those answers. And so figuring that out and really seeing and being able to put a name to the trauma that's happened has helped because it's like, Ooh, th these are like, things started happening where it was like, these are signs and symptoms that something is not okay. And something did in fact happen that mm -hmm. was deeply traumatic. And so having to kind of come to grips with that, I think that that honesty right there, that was, that was a journey in itself for me. That's so perfectly said that we sometimes, the signs and symptoms piece, right? Because we sometimes, you know, I had someone lay it out where it's like, we treat issues of substance misuse as if if the person had chicken pox, you were trying to erase the spots. 
And that like floored me because it's like, that's so true. If you're just trying to get the person to stop drinking, well, why were they drinking? You know, what was going on beneath the surface that caused them to misuse this substance in the first place? Mm. And we don't do enough of that. So I I love, we do need to focus more on the the signs and the symptoms and sort of the whole picture and not just going, well, we can cover over these spots for you. Exactly. And that's, that's, you said it so perfectly as well, which that's where that gray area is. And we're taught so much in society, especially in the workplace, Mm -hmm. that you have to just push through, go through, keep going. And yes, there's an element to that because, you know, you can't just roll over and let life steamroll you. You know, you have to figure out how to kind of take life by by its horns and, and run with it. But Part of that taking life by the horns and taking control of your life includes looking internally. And there was a quote, somebody said it, I can't tell you who it was, but it stuck with me so hard. And it said, the trauma was, may not have been your fault, but the healing is 100% your responsibility. And I thought, oh, okay. All right. Yes. Yes to that. So I can run with that. I, I can, I know I didn't do anything now to deserve what happened to me. And, and the abuse that happened, but I can take full control of my healing so that I don't pass that down to my future generations. 100%. Yeah, in fact, my my person I interviewed last week, one of the one of the two, they said how you know they learned sort of on the same age as you, like in their late thirties, and then they started doing the healing specifically for that reason, so mm-hmm. that they could own the next step. And just because it was passed to them doesn't mean they have to pass it on, which I thought was such a beautiful sentiment. So. Yeah. You mentioned, you said you were, you wanted to become a dancer. You became a dancer. You Mm -hmm. know, there are very different forms of dance. What was your preferred and what attracted you to that, to that art form? Ooh. Okay. So I was, so I I was thrown immediately into jazz. Jazz is kind of, you know, fundamentals and, and, um, you know, a really good starting point for anybody that's looking to get their kid into dance, jazz, ballet, that those are your fundamentals. Um, Ballet and I didn't really (laughs) like, we didn't do, we weren't friends at first. Now I love ballet and I'm like adamant about it. It's very important, but really where my heart grabbed onto, and this is growing up in Atlanta, um, was hip hop. And so at, at the time when I was in high school, Usher was, he'd just come onto the scene. He lived 20 minutes from where I was. So there were always like parties at Usher's house. I was never invited, but there were parties <laughs> at Usher's house that people from my high school would go to and they'd come back and be like, we were at a party at Usher's. And I was like, wow. Um, what ended up happening was, um, I, I got put into a class. My, it was like a beginner jazz class. My teacher like, came up to me and was like, I've never seen someone have so much passion before. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to get in other classes, got in other classes, found competition dance, which was jazz and palm at the time, which is, it's a, I, I'd have to send you a link to what that is. It's, it's kind of different. Um, but that was fun. And then I found hip hop and fa- I felt like, um, I think from all the dysfunction that I grew up with, I had a lot of anger and hip hop was a really great way to express that and to get it out of my body. Um, whether or not I knew it at that time, there was just something in it where I was like, Oh, I can, I'm saying something and, and I'm, you know, I can be strong and I can be like tough. And there was just, there was something about it that connected. When I got into college, I started taking some classes 
and um, was a musical theater major at one point. That was so much fun. And then I started taking classes at a studio when I transferred over and I was living at the University of Georgia. And one of Usher's backup dancers <laughs> was teaching a class. And I was like, cool. So, you know, just, you don't think anything of it. It's just like, awesome. You know, they're backup dancer. And I got called out in the class, like called out, meaning like brought to the front. You're used as like a, um, like an example to the class. And she started talking to me and was like, you really should pursue something in this. Like, you're really good. You pick up on things quickly. You have a good eye. You have good lines and stuff. And, and so I was like, okay. And there were a series of events that brought me back to California. I wasn't destined to stay in the South for very long. And, um, you know, it takes a while to get a name out there and find a good place to train and actually got in a really bad car accident and had to stop dancing for a while, was told that I wasn't going to dance again oh, man. and then went, and then went professional afterwards. Um, so that was hilarious. And, um, after that, I actually got hooked up with my current, um, dance mentor who got me, this is a very long story. So I'm summarizing it, got me into contemporary. And that is the style of dance that contemporary is like, if you just think of a style of dance that just has no rules and yep. it's just complete artistic expression and you mix it with technique and there's 17 different ways you can, I mean, it just, it was so beautiful. She, I, she, she brought me into a company. I, I auditioned for the hip hop side of the company, made it. And then she's like, I think you should audition for this. And I was like, I'm not good at this. I'm, that's hilarious. I can't move like this. Um, and these amazing dancers, I, she ended up putting me in like as like a trainee and these amazing dancers literally trained me just by like dancing alongside of them and that's awesome. I've never been the same ever since <laughs> yeah contemporary dance is a, is a whole new beast it's uh and and what I, I want to say that I love so uh you know being from a family of a ballet dancer of course I grew up on Swan Lake and all these incredible classical pieces mm -hmm. but my mom is super into new age and, and 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 really more progressive forms of ballet and what's so amazing is they'll do you know in March they'll do a you know, name a, a classical ballet and then in april they do this three act that is just wild and it's right. it's very different and it is sort of the sort of thing that you'll see a completely different set of people at each of these shows because it speaks to different people yep i love that oh yeah. my gosh i love it it's just it's this like unending art form it really is like, oh, I just, I don't have enough to say. I don't have enough time to talk about what dance can do and like how it can touch people. It's just amazing. But the good news is that's one of the reasons that, you, I mean, you and I got connected through Lion Rock, which we can obviously talk about too, but you did this awesome project. So talk about how that was born and, 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 and let's, let's talk about that piece. Sure. So um, I am the director and founder of a, a dance company. So company meaning it's like a performance company. So what we do specifically, we're not a studio where we're bringing, you know, a bunch of people in to get trained. You get a little bit of training, but you kind of get like the on the job, like performance training through projects. And so I created Haven Dance Company in 2018 because um, myself and all of the members, we were all competition dancers and we've been doing competition dance for years. And a bunch of us were like, we kind of like are missing that like more artistic vibe, if you will. And competition breeds competition. So it's, you know, just constantly fighting and, and like fighting for something. And we were like, we just want to kind of get back to dancing. So Haven was born and, and really born out of what my mentor has inspired me to do, which is tell stories. She's an amazing storyteller through dance. Um, I've gotten so much healing personally through dance. 
And so that's what I was like, well, we want to tell great stories. So we've done a few throughout the years, just like, you know, smaller performances, choreography performances, how it came to this video. So I started working for Lion Rock in 2018, really got my addiction like education, like formal, like I understand this brain wise to the the best of my ability. And, and then we started the podcast. And so I'm hearing like, as you do every week, you're hearing all these incredible stories of people's struggles and their pain. And I started hearing like, I started hearing like almost like this, like same little elements and it would just kind of stick out and like kind of go to the back of my brain. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how or what, but it hit me, you know, having, again, not walked through substance abuse, but after hearing all these things, this like little piece hit me where I was like, oh my God, this substance is like a person. It's literally like that, that's why it's so, there's many reasons why, but that element, it's so hard to let go of because you're actually grieving the loss of that. And this is like a, the most toxic relationship ever. It's like this person, person, the substance gives you what you need at first and then gradually takes it away and can kill you, almost kills you, makes you feel like you're dying, but then you want more. And it's like, oh my God, how, like, how do you deal with that? And how, like, his people, you know, always are asking if they haven't been through it. Well, how, you know, why can't they just put it down? They should just put it down. And it's like, well, there's, that's a loaded question, but, but, um, but it was specifically that piece. And, and to me, that part of my heart kind of really understood it, like to the, again, to the best of my ability, but I connected with it. And I thought, oh my God, what if we can make a dance talking about that for the purpose of like, helping to break the stigma and helping people just understand where they're coming from and maybe even be able to reach out, have a conversation, figure out how to get somebody help, know the sign, anything. What can it, it's just like raising that awareness and helping break that stigma because the biggest thing that I have a struggle with is people treating other people like they are garbage. I've heard so many people near, far, whatever, talk about, oh, they're just an addict. And I'm like, dude, that's somebody's brother. Like, yeah, it's frustrating. Like I've had people close to me go through addiction and it is, like, it is very frustrating, but at the same time, like we need to not forget on a fundamental level that they're human. So we, um, we meaning my dancers and I, I kind of had a brainstorm session and I was like, I have this idea. I ran it by a couple of my dancers who, um, they, they helped me execute and my co-director, um, Kalia Spoon. And they were like, you've got something here. Let's do this. And, January, so this is pre-COVID, this is, you know, this year, 2020, which is crazy. Uh, I, it was literally January 1st, I started putting like a concept together and I thought we could do this. We could actually shoot this in like one day. Like we could shoot this in one day. Never done it before. That Usually one day. That was like a half a day. Oh my so God. <laughs> this, is, this is the craziest part. This is how, A, I know I'm surrounded by the right people. My dancers are the most amazing geniuses on the face of the earth. And two, how I know we like, we, we had, it was like the right time for it. So my birthday is January 18th. And I was like, I want to do something for my birthday and I want it to be this dance. That's what I want to do. Will you guys do it? So we ended up, no one was available the 18th and studio space wasn't either. So we ended up running a space on the 19th and uh, Mather Dance Company, which we are so thankful to them for letting us rent their space, the beautiful like white walls and oh, it's just gorgeous. And I ended up being in marketing. I put together a six page report on addiction 
and made the girls listen, read it. We read through it. We talked through it. We talked through like a whole shot list and they went, we met at 2 PM. It was a Sunday, uh, went through the briefing. So briefed from 2 PM to 2:45. they stretched during the briefing, started learning choreography for that video at three o'clock, broke at five, drove to the set location, did our hair, did our makeup, took some headshots, started shooting at seven, wrapped at 11 o'clock. That's how that whole video came together. We've never done anything like that before. I was like, this is crazy. This is nuts. Like, is this going to even, I had moments where I was like hot and cold and I was like, is this going to come together? This is such a heavy concept and so much content. Um, but I honestly, like that speaks to the genius of my girls. They, they got it and they ran with it, you know, and, and it was beautiful. Somehow, so that's even a, now knowing the story behind it, it's even more amazing of how powerful it is in that the, it, it, it is, it's almost like a punch that is just incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. This seven minute video, this is the kind of thing that someone would just share with you and you're just like, okay, I'll play it in the background. And then next thing you know, you're just like transfixed as wa watching this video, the music, the, the speak, I mean, the whole thing is just so expertly done. Thank you. It was, that was another part of the video is it's, it's three parts and, and it kind of evolved in the three parts. The, the first part is like statistics. It's black background with statistics. My husband and I looked up statistics like, well, how many people have died of overdoses? And saying the number when I had to record the number, I was, I had to stop and cry. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like these people are gone. That's it. Yeah. Like they're done. And, and it just, it just felt so disgustingly unfair to have to say that number and know that like I'm I'm talking about humans you know that are gone in in an instant um the second part of the video it goes to so Ashley Loeb Blassingame she wrote a poem when I, I I run all my concepts by her if they have anything to do with substance abuse because she's my my good my barometer and she'll set me straight if I'm wrong about something um and she and I, so I told her and she goes oh I love this and she goes well I wrote a poem about this uh, basically anthropomorphizing a substance, meaning like making them like a human. And I was like, really? Because I'm sitting here thinking, am I right? Am I wrong? Is this, is this a correct kind of visual on it? And she shares this poem with me and I'm instantly in tears. And I was like, can I use this? And, and she of course says yes. And, and then I was like, well, I can't just use your poem. I want you to like speak it. I, so we recorded her voice reading her poem, which I thought was so important to have somebody who's walked through this. Um, someone who's almost died of an overdose, um, which is incredible. She, her dad found her in her childhood home at 17 years old, um, blue, um, from an overdose and Narcan saved her life. So always carry Narcan because it's a lifesaver. Literally she'd be, she'd be gone without it. She read that, that part in the video is kind of almost like the precursor. It's like setting you up to what you're going to see. And then the third part is like the choreography dancing and continuance of the story. And it's to Alicia Keys' Fallen, which, which is beautiful. The song came out so long ago, but when I heard it, like, like literally how we get inspirations for dance, it just, I don't, I don't even, I can't even tell you. It's not from like deep thought. Mm -hmm. It's literally from driving in the car and being like, wait, what? Like some, mm -hmm. a song will just come on the radio or on Sirius, Sirius XM or something. And I'm like, I hear the song in a different way and I'm like, oh my God, we could tell this story to this song in this way. And it's like, I'm always trying to think of like workarounds and how we can tell a story, but in a different way and not make it so obvious. And so Alicia Keys is 
freaking a musical genius. Mm-hmm. And so it just, that toxic relationship piece is what Fallen is about. And I thought, okay, this, this song doesn't have to be about a person. It can be about a substance. And it just felt like it fit so well. And it does. It is such a, and you, you move through each of these uh, pieces of this so, so perfectly. And then when that song hits, you've already set the list that the watcher up. So something that I love saying, because once people get to see the video, they'll understand it even more. We had a lot of choreography that we learned, but there were also a lot of parts that was complete improv, not planned. And so there's seven of us dancing, three of us played someone who was addicted, and four of us played substances. And uh, what I told the girls who played substances, I said, you know, do some research, look up some substances, right? Look up some drugs, look up what they do to people, and then pick one and act like it and don't tell me what it is. And they had to like come to each of us as like the substance users and act like that and and be that effect on us. And it was so interesting because we would have, I'd be like, okay, we just did our choreography. Let's break to the improv section. We're gonna improv from one minute, one second to, you know, th- to this time frame. Don't stop until the music stops. And you're now like at this point in your using, meaning like you you've been using for a while and it's starting, it's it's starting, you're losing control on it. It's taking more control over you. Okay, go. We asked we asked each of the substances what they were after we wrapped. And I found myself as I was like improving, I was like chasing one person, like they wouldn't let me touch them. Another one was like so aggressive, like I was being like dragged across the floor, thrown onto the ground, pulled by my leg, turned upside. It was, it was like, and then another one was like kind of loving and like start, like would pull like someone's arm and then like flip them and it would just totally turn in an instant. So it was really neat to see how each of the dancers took that and took it so seriously and just really did their research and did it justice. And, um, I, I honestly feel like the best moments in there were the improv moments. Well, it is incredibly powerful and I'll 100% link to it in the show notes, but also because it's, you know, sometimes people listen while they're driving or something like that, shout out mm-hmm. where people can find the video, they can find you, any links, anything like that you want to do. Absolutely. So you can find us on um, our website's havendancecompany.com. The video is up there. All the links to the video is up there. Um, We're on YouTube. I think we're Haven Dance Company on YouTube as well. But if you just go on havendancecompany.com, then you can find everything and you can also find our past projects on there as well. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast and then thought, man, I just, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I have the perfect answer for you. It's Anchor. They have all the tools you need to get started right away, all in one spot. You can do it from your phone or your computer. They'll even distribute for you, so you don't have to go looking for places to get your podcast out. But the best part is it's all free. That's right. You can sign up today without any hassle at all. You can even start making money right from the beginning. It's everything you need in a podcast in one place. So. Check it out today. Go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. So that is your passion project, but by day you work for a Line Rock 
recovery, mm-hmm. yes. which Ashley and I, you know, we're just chatting. And, and again, my listeners know, you know, I was on y'all's uh, awesome podcast, one of my favorite. Uh, and you have a really cool role. You're not only the producer, but then you and Ashley do these really cool sort of summing up of the episode and talking about what it meant to you, which I love. Um, it's, it's, I don't know any other podcast that do that. And I really enjoy that. Was that your brainchild? Was this something that actually came to you and said, you know, news person, I want to do this? Did you guys know each other? How did that work? So the CEO of Line Rock, um, Peter Loeb, Ashley's dad, um, he's amazing. He, we were actually, we were going through marketing strategy and a few of the marketing team members were, were reviewing like, well, where do we advertise? Where do we kind of get the word out? So we were advertising on podcasts. And then he said, hey, you know what? I had an idea. Let's start our own podcast. And I was like, that's a great idea. And he's like, okay, so you're the producer and Ashley will be the host. And I was like, okay. And he's like, just, you know, put a plan together and let us know like what you need and we'll be the sponsors. And we were like, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, you know? Um, And so Ashley, I mean, is like amazing. And so hosting was like, I don't know, in her blood always. And so long story short, we put the podcast together and it was like, well, I guess we'll interview people. And then I think right when the podcast was coming out um, and we're, we're, you know, working through our sound bungles and, you know, meaning on my end, because I was trying to figure out what I was doing. We tell our story of season one in the season one wrap up and it's one of the top five episodes still to this day. I'm like, okay, people like to know the back, the back end of the story. Um, so yeah, I talk about all my mistakes and bungles. So go listen to that one. Um, and so it was around the time we were starting the podcast when, is it? is it not finding neverland that's a movie the the documentary came out about wade robson and the other guy his name is james they were talking about the abuse of the experience at the neverland ranch and i forgot what it was called i wish i could remember this was this was last year though that last year it was like early 2019 and then i think it was oprah that did she basically did like a follow-up and it was a two-part series and I watched it and I was blown away by how helpful she was, the questions she asked. People have a lot of questions for like people in recovery or sexual assault survivors and there's a lot of questions of like, well, why didn't you just and how, if you knew this was happening, then why would you not xyz and the way that she put together the questions answered the questions asked these two men questions it it helped to educate the audience she brought on experts that talked about you know the process that people go through whenever they are survivors of sexual assault or in the middle of it sometimes people don't know what's happening to them and watching that me and ashley had just recorded our first episode And I was like, Ash, we should do something called an after the episode, because I feel like we're going to go so deep on this subject matter. We need to also educate our listeners or or be able to reach even a different part of the audience that maybe isn't as educated as I wasn't before I started working at Lion Rock on the effects of all these different things. And so we just thought, well, we'll do, you know, we'll do this for a few months and see if it sticks. And you know, we, we've switched this format up a teeny bit, but Ashley and I ended up having really good, um, I guess we have good banter back and forth. And then we also come from such different backgrounds that we can speak to different areas. I can ask her questions and have her go deeper into it. Um, and then I can bring my experience, not with substance abuse, but, you know, with, with dysfunction and with abuse within a family, with hidden abuse, 
um, and spiritual abuse, which is a new one. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it evolved. And we, at one point were like the, after the episodes weren't like, we weren't getting as many numbers at one point with those. And so we were like, well, maybe we should like, you know, kind of dial down on those. We took, like, we stopped recording them for about a month and we got like all these emails and all these people texting us like, no, please. And we were like, all right, we'll just keep it. <laughs> so that's how it came into fruition. And we literally gave the podcast, we were going to give it six months and see if it wasn't growing, if, you know, it, we, we just, we, you know, kind of shift our attention to something else. And it's just like catapulted. I mean, I can't, I don't mean this in a braggadocious way at all, but like, I can't keep up with the amount of inquiries coming in. And we're just like, what is this real? Like it, it's, it's been incredible. And I've met amazing people who inspire me every day like you. Thank you. Uh, but you're not wrong. It is, you know, it, there is a hunger for this and even more than a hunger for people to listen. There's a hunger for people who want to tell their stories in a way that feels safe. Yep. So we could talk all about your awesome podcast because I am such a fan <laughs> for a long time. But but back to your story. So you do that by day, this dance by night. You have fully mm -hmm. immersed yourself in the world of recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, is that something, I, I guess, was that a conscious choice or was this sort of a thing where one day you woke up and realized, I just am doing all this awesome work? Well, um, the way, here's the funny thing, the way that I found Lion Rock was I was freelancing. I had started my own marketing little, like when I say agency, like, I mean like two people. Um, and cause I just wanted to kind of take control of my life. I was sick of working in an office. It didn't work very well for me. And I worked, I did this for four years and realized I really want to work with corporations and um, move out of working with like small businesses and really work, work more and get more experience with medium to large. And I was like, well, the greatest way to do that is to work at another corporation. So I thought I got to swallow my pride and find something literally like woke up one day with the gut feeling to start applying for jobs. And I did my client work, opened my computer, applied to jobs for eight hours the Lion Rock posting I applied to was the second to last one. I got an email from Ashley like two minutes later. I got interviewed the next day and I was like on payroll the next week. Wow. So it just happened. It was like I followed my gut feeling and was just like, and I was like, okay, Lion Rock video, online substance abuse treatment. I knew nothing about it. I just was like following kind of that piece that I had, like this is the right step for me and I'm going to really explore it. And um you know, I was asked in the interview, like, well, do you know anybody that struggled with substance abuse? And I was like, you know, I, I kind of did. Yeah, I, we have alcoholism in my family and never lost anyone super close to me. Through the years, all of a sudden I'm realizing like, <laughs> I'm surrounded by people who are struggling with this. Um, it started popping up. I've been able to help people close to me. And um, I'm starting to see how like recovery has been a theme in my life. I just didn't know it. I just needed my eyes opened to it and really to have that knowledge and um oh my god I just it's like I just I'm so happy like I'm just I don't know it's like any little thing I can do to help somebody find their recovery you know in my way in in the best to the mm -hmm. best of my ability you know including through dance now through telling stories through dance I, I really felt like oh man this is the avenue too. So it's, it's been life-changing. Lion Rock's been life-changing. The people that I've met have made me, you know, Ashley included, you know, obviously have just made me grow and challenged me to my very core. It's been incredible. 
Well, I love to hear that. And, and I, I said this to Ashley earlier, and this was a big topic that she and I covered, which was, you know, in an industry that, let's be honest, can be very corrosive at times. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the recovery community um, in the industry is not, you know, we're not batting a thousand. We're not doing so great. Lion Rock is constantly one of the one of the ones that that ranks above. And so we talked about why that is and she had some really insightful things, but it's really cool to hear even from someone who is not at all on the treatment side, you know, you're seeing this and you have this story about how they've made you better by working there, which is very cool. And I think that you see that in your dance piece that that could not be done by someone who doesn't get it. You know, kind of going back to our original point here is that you may not have walked in our shoes, but you understand it to a point, you know, whether it's through that empathy piece or finding that that shared trauma piece that you made something that, you know, I don't, I don't want to say I feel seen because that's so that's such a cliche thing, but it, it really is, uh, you know, it, if someone watches that, I think they would be shocked to know that you haven't lived through that experience. Thank you. And like, I love that you said feel seen because I, I get it. That's cliche, <laughs> but that's actually, if I could go back and like say a theme of like how I felt growing up, I never, never, never felt seen. And in my struggle, in the abuse that was very hidden, um, if I always said, if someone would have made a video about like hidden abuse or about specific things I've walked through and I saw it, I would have just been like, I would have gotten a glimmer of hope that like, okay, I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody out there who sees, so there's something in someone out there. I'm going to find them and connect with them that sees me and understands what I've, what I'm walking through right now. And I feel like to your point of like asking about being immersed in recovery I'm starting to see that happening in my life and I'm starting to see that I can empathize and I can just sit with people in their pain and be like, not comfortable in it because seeing people in pain is incredibly uncomfortable, but I'm willing to sit there and go with them wherever they need to go. And, and I'm willing to do things that I might even receive backlash for as people don't understand, um, in order to help someone else feel seen and, and really feel like they've been heard. Like, I can't fix everything. I'm a fixer, so I want to <laughs> fix everything. But what I can do is to do that and to make them feel seen. So that's, that's actually, that's funny that you said that because that's, that's really important to me. Well, beautifully put. You and I could talk about this for a long time, but I'm very <laughs> conscientious of both of our times and also the <laughs> fact that I do have to cut this down to make it fit a podcast. So uh, before we get into the final couple of questions, one more time, where can people find you, find the video, all that kind of stuff? Sure. You can find my video at Haven. So it's H-A-V-E-N, like safe haven, but just havendancecompany.com. Um, links to the video are all there. And it'll be like right on the homepage. And, but we're also on YouTube, Haven Dance Company, and Instagram, The Haven Dance Company. So final couple of questions. Uh, number one, I asked everyone, you know, we are living in, in just a ridiculous period right now. What are your self-care habits? What works for you? Mm, sleep. Sleep is self-care. Um, I, my mom kicked me out of her womb, meaning I was, she was induced and I, you know, I didn't want to be kicked out. So honestly sleep, like if I need to sleep in, if I need to shift my schedule and I need to sleep in till seven thirty eight one one day and I can, cause I don't have meetings till later, I'll do that. 
Um, as funny as it, as this sounds like home exercise has been phenomenal for me. Like just literally like not pushing myself to the brink, which I'm used to doing. Um, we dance until we throw up. Like <laughs> that sounds horrible, but it's just, we push ourselves to the limit as dancers and we have not been able to dance since COVID started. And so um, literally putting on like super basic fundamental like stuff that I'd be like this is hilarious like give me the advanced crap <laughs> um but like putting on the beginner stuff it's actually made me feel like I'm getting a lot done because I can do it and I'm not like a mess during the work day and exhausted um and then honestly like really reaching out and connecting with people whether it's on zoom or, you know, I had a friend who my dance mentor actually lives around the corner from me. And like, she came, we did a, 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 I don't want to like to say socially distant, but a physically distant girls night on my patio. And so that was fun. Just really making sure we're connecting with people on a, like on a daily basis, even if it's just one person. Awesome. All right. Final question. You know, we've spent now almost an hour talking about all the awesome work you're doing, where we can find you, but who are some people that we should go follow, listen to, watch, you know, read, whatever the case is that really inspire you? Ooh, okay. I have a couple. Well, first of all, go follow my girl, Ashley Loeb Blossom Game. Her Instagram is at Ashley Loeb Blossom Game. Um, you, you are just going to love it. And, and she, she's kind of just starting to curate her Instagram for, um, you know, the podcast and stuff like that too. But um, she, she'll post amazing things and great things in her stories and, and just listening to some of her podcast episodes are just phenomenal. Um, you can listen to her story too. And there is an author that I, I, I get so much out of. I actually just had the chance to meet him on Zoom last week and I like cried my eyes out. His name is William Paul Young and this is not in the recovery space at all, um, but it's helped me personally because he really like, in, in taking care of yourself on like a spiritual level, um, he's really helped me through his writing. He wrote a book called The Shack and it's, it's a fictional book and there's a tragedy that happens in the beginning of it. You can read what it is on the back cover, but it was made into a movie and, and I watched the movie first and I actually, I just got the book to read. Um, I've watched the movie several times. His writings and his teachings and the things that he walks you through, um, it'll teach you to work through grief, loss, recovery from anything on such a deep level and really connect to other people and connect with yourself and forgive yourself and really have love for yourself. And, um, and you know, I, I just, I, I, it's very profound. You can tell he's somebody that has lived a lot of life and made a lot of mistakes because he, he also says that he's very open about what those mistakes were, but what he's done out of it, it's like, it's taken healing to such incremental levels. And it's, it's another piece of the puzzle that honestly changed my life and gives me the other ability to love and forgive on like the deepest levels and also to love myself through like mistakes and through walking through things. So he's amazing. I, I really suggest reading the shack and following William Paul Young. Um, it's just life-changing. I don't know what else to say about it. Well, that was very moving. So I'm definitely going to have to go check this out now. Uh, that was a raving review. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Jay. I really appreciate the time and for 
having me on the podcast. You're definitely one to watch. I'm, oh. I'm excited to watch you climb the charts here. Thank you. It was great having you. And, you know, being, being aligned with Lion Rock has been uh, pretty amazing. I'm so glad, you know, for anyone, I say this every week on the podcast, share podcast, share podcast, share podcast. I'm so mm-hmm. happy. I don't remember now how I discovered Lion Rock, but here I am over a year later, still a rabid fan, having now been on the show <laughs> and interviewed both of y'all. So I uh, definitely, you know, look, good things to come with this. So share a podcast. Christiana, thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Jay. My brother and his wife had their first child recently, and it was a pretty big deal. It was, you know, the first grandchild from my parents. But unfortunately for me, I'm just not that big of a baby guy. Like, I'm super awkward when I hold him. You know, my brother put his his son in my lap, and my nephew looked up at me with this expression like, you have no idea what you're doing, do you? There's pictures, they're pretty hilarious. But lucky for me, thanks to my podcast sponsor, Kia Babies, I knew exactly where to go to get the perfect baby gift. I got my nephew this adorable little towel. It's got these bear ears on it. And now my entire family gets to enjoy these really cute pictures of my nephew. He's all smiley and he's got bear ears. I mean, that's pretty adorable, right? So next time you need a perfect baby gift or just something for your own kid, go check out Kia Babies. You can find a link in my show notes or on my podcast website. And when you check out, tell them to choose the struggle sent you. All right, we've come to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I hope you enjoyed both the shout out and the interview. I know I love talking to both of those incredible women. And, you know, it's been really great this year to, to during this season, I should say, to get to know these awesome people who are inspiring me. And I, I hope they inspire you too. I'm going to keep this outro very short because um, the intro is very long. I said enough about the podcast in the intro, but please go go follow both of my guests today. I, I really believe strongly in both of their work. In fact, I'm going to do your good egg real quick. Your good egg is to support the arts. You heard both of my guests talk about this in some different way, right? One more applied, literally, in dance. The other one in the art of learning a language. Okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. That's fine. Still going with it. We learned last week that Broadway is going to stay closed through the spring. There are millions of lives that are being upended, and their goal in life is to bring beauty to ours. So go online. Go find a way to support the arts, preferably in your local city. I think that's really important. But but it doesn't have to be. You know, if you go to New York every year to go to Broadway, if you are a huge fan of, I don't know, French independent cinema, go support that. So that's your good egg for today. Do something to support the arts. Your card today is the last one read by my mother. As always, brought to you by Blurt. Thank you, Blurt Foundation, for your incredible work. Next week, it'll be me again, back to reading those cards. Here is my mother bringing you, for the last time, a card. Press pause.
Reframe your mistakes as lessons. You're learning, growing, adapting. Great lesson there. Thank you, Mom. It's been really fun playing both her and my father's card readings. Really enjoyed those. Sad that it's come to an end, but that was a fun that was a fun thing. So yes, awesome lesson. I just got off an interview literally about this topic, so perfect timing. Take a moment this week to press pause and, and, and to reframe what you've just gone through. Look, I've been on uh, webinars all week at the Charlotte Podcast Festival, a virtual podcast festival, so shout out to Charlotte Public Radio for doing that. And this is a big lesson, basically, is that recognize your learning, right? We can't all come out the shoot as Joe Rogan. Quite frankly, I'm sorry if you're a Joe Rogan fan, not my cup of tea. I don't really want to be Joe Rogan, but that is kind of the example, right? He's got this million-dollar podcast. Recognize that you're learning along the way. That's been helpful for me. I'm sure it can be helpful for you. The most important thing, though, the most important thing, this week, show your empathy, be vulnerable, spread your love, and choose your struggle. All right, so I know you've heard me talk about Mountain Made before, but today I want to tell you a little bit about their actual product system. The first is Build. Build is a 50 milligram CBD tablet that saturates your system. The second is Boost. Boost is a 10 milligram CBD chewable with electrolytes and it helps titrate your CBD levels throughout the day. The third is Recover. You take it at the end of the day and it's a 25 milligram CBD chewable with magnolia and helps maximize your rest and recovery. But here's the thing, I don't just talk about it, I actually use it. Boost is my favorite, I take a couple throughout the day and it really leaves me feeling pretty great. So if you add that all together, that's 105 milligrams of CBD every day. And it's at an affordable price too. All of those products are THC free and they ship nationwide. With three easy ways to pay, you can order your CBD today and become a part of the Mountain Made community just like that. So activate your lifestyle today and go like hell. But don't just take my word for it. With over 25 athletes, lifestyle enthusiasts, clinicians, physicians, all amazing people backing them, their product lines are continuing to prove themselves as the real deal. So you can find out more at www.mountainmade.life or check them out on social media at MNT Made. All right, back to the episode. <laughs> 